Welcome to the Dream Mason Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Terranova. A Dream Mason is a person who's brave enough to declare they have a dream and committed enough to do the work to build it. I know we all have a Dream Mason inside of us, and my dream for this podcast is to support all of us by giving us a glimpse inside the hearts and minds of leaders, creators, and innovators to help us unleash our inner Dream Mason. Because your dreams don't build themselves. Welcome to episode 22 of the Dream Mason podcast. Today, I get to introduce you to a relentless and scrappy entrepreneur, beauty expert, a loving, beautiful woman and mother. I am really excited to introduce you to Shai Merkav, one of the owners of Beauty Beach Lounge, a popular beauty salon in Playa Vista. But that's not the entirety of who Shai is. While she may be a beauty expert and an entrepreneur and a business owner and someone who is growing that and has big dreams in that field, she's also a loving single mother, a recovering meth user, and someone who lost everything to drugs, including her boyfriend, home, as well as many other things. She is so vulnerable and so honest with us in this episode. It is really a gift to be with her. She provides so much value, so much insight on entrepreneurship, parenting, being a kind person in the world, and what it's like to struggle and grapple with something like drug addiction, as well as how she overcame it. I look forward to whatever value you are able to generate for yourself, and I'm so grateful that Shai was here with us and shared her journey with us so openly and honestly. Hope you enjoy this episode. Please share this episode with your friends, and let's get to it. What's up? How are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for doing this. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm. It's people can't see what we're doing, but we're like sitting at this outdoor. It's like we're at a pool. Yeah. It's not really a pool. It's a pond with frogs and tadpoles, and it's it has like colors, and it's a serenity. It is. the salon is, like I just told you, I feel like I just wandered into this magical part of L.A. that I didn't know existed. Yeah, it's like the Truman Show. You're like, totally, where are the cameras and the fake people? It and totally feels like that. Yeah. So you live in the Truman Show. Yep. Or you work in the Truman Show. I do all of the above. <laughs> you, you <laughs> I do not people, leave the bubble. You make people look pretty in the Truman Show. Thanks. I would love people to hear, like, who you are from you. Um, so a little bit about me. I, um, from childhood, have always been really driven and have always known that I was supposed to create something for myself that whether it be work or family or whatever it was that I was just supposed to be in control of my life and of my power and what I'm capable of and you know today owning a business and being a single mom and going through a lot of my own personal struggles to get there I think the one thing that has guided me to be successful and achieve the dreams that I have has always been coming from my heart and being a good person and on top of the fact that I'm fair in business, I run my business and my family life through heart. So. Nice. What does it look like to run a business through heart versus whatever, however else people run it, through their brains, through fear, through... uh, dominance and control what does heart look like that's different when you walk into my when you walk into my salon it is it's family and you feel it and I think when you meet people and you can feel comfortable and feel just like the best version of yourself that they pull that out of you that is when you meet someone coming from running their life through their heart just being completely open and honest and kind and a good person you know and you feel that you feel that walking through the salon every single girl that works for me and guy is like family did somebody teach you this or was this just natural natural well your story is what's you know look I could we could go find a lot of people that own businesses and own salons or any kind of business and talk to them and that would be fine Um, what's intriguing about you is your story So it's also cool for you to say like you started from heart because some of the most interesting things about you are things that happened probably when you were outside of your heart, when you were in your ego, when you were in your head. 
and I don't want to jump there now. That's like people can wait to hear like the <laughs> juicy stuff about like what you've overcome. But let's first just talk about like what you have and what you're building. You sure. know, you told me before that you're like a girl with a vision mm -hmm. and you're a girl with a dream. You actually said to me earlier, I'm just a girl with a vision. Right. So what's the vision that this girl has? It's so funny. So my vision was, and people ask me this all the time. And when you're, once you become the salon owner, it's like people assume that since you were a little girl, you were born to like run a salon and that was your dream. And that wasn't it for me. But I always had this internal passion for success, you know, and I, when I was younger, I was really into theater and dancing and performing and, you know, always doing shows and always you know, being casted as the lead or whatever it was. And I was always really creative and that led me to where I am today. You know, I mean, you are wearing fur right now. I am wearing <laughs> fur and sneakers with stars on them, you, you know, like a real um, hip hop star, super J-Lo right now. But, um, yeah, I just, I just always knew that I was supposed to be either the owner of something or the boss of myself you know and to achieve that you never know how your life is going to get there and it wasn't something that I woke up and said I'm going to open a salon when I started doing hair um, but the fact that it was a slow progression for me the build up by becoming an assistant to a stylist to a manager to renting my station to opening up my salon it literally fell into place like that and you opened up, I mean, you just walked me through the story, like the space that you opened up in, we just talked about, like yeah. when you got here and we're in Playa Vista, California, was dirt. Dirt. So you saw, you, you clearly saw an opportunity before, yeah. like, well, I mean, what's here now is unbelievable, but, and anyone would say this would be a killer space now, but you saw something before that. Yeah. So what I'm kind of getting at is the vision is bigger than you even describe it. Like you're super modest. You're like describing this little thing, but like you've told me what you wanted. And when you opened this place, you, you had a vision that you could make this work. Why did you believe you could make this work in a place that was surrounded by dirt? It's a, it's an internal feeling that there's things that you can't teach people, right? You can teach people how to cut hair. You can teach people how to mow the grass, you can teach people, you know, how to cook, but you can't teach people how to trust their intuition, literally, like, I mean, you can try, but you can't, you can't make them really trust their intuition, and it has to come from within, it has to come with fear mm -hmm. and strength, and I think I lost track of the question. <laughs> well, why do you trust? You were talking about intuition. Why do you trust your intuition? Like, that's not something that everybody does. People don't trust themselves. Yeah. I have clients that do not trust themselves. Yeah. I don't trust myself at times. Why did you trust yourself? I think yourself? we all don't. I, because, I don't know. I just, there, it's something in, it's something that's so hard to explain. It's just knowing. It's, it's a feeling. It's seeing a bigger picture of what, a community can be and what is lacking and what you what I have to offer to bring to this community and you know opening a salon people do it all the time people open up restaurants all the time and a lot of it is location and your demographics and what is here and when I stepped into Playa Vista I fell in love with it it was everything I like I wanted to be in and be a part of and the things that were missing were nightlife and grocery stores and a hair salon or clothing stores. And they had like a small little side of, of their community where they had a really, really, you know, couple restaurants and a pink berry and I think a hair salon that didn't do well. But in the big picture of what was going to be built here, I just felt like this was a spot. This is where we're supposed to be. So what was the vision when you were little? Because you said you didn't start here, right? You were like into other things. Yeah, so the, the vision when I was little was performing, acting, dancing, um, theater, commercials, you know, that kind of background was where, you know, I came from. But How long did you do that for? 
Like, when did you leave that that as a vision? Probably when I was 17, when I moved to LA. <laughs> the complete opposite, you come out here to do that, and yeah. I came out here and just did not, you know? That, it was my childhood. Okay. Yeah. How does that, how does that childhood play into what you do now? I feel like it's the same thing. I feel like when you're creative, you're creative, you know? And when you're dancing, or you're acting, or you're doing hair, it's all part of the creative side of your brain, you know? Um, so it goes hand in hand. It's just a different, it's just a different output. And there's so many, I think the thing that I'm like, that there's so many people that want to do what you're doing. And I don't mean like they want to own a salon or they want to do hair, or, but there's people that want to create things and open things that are their own right. that don't and get stopped. They're just like the fear is too much. It's scary. Listen, yeah. I, I, whoever, I, opening a business, doing anything in life can be scary. And if it were easy, everybody would do it, you know? I think, and this is what I tell people every day that want to open a business or want to change their career path or leave their husband or what have a baby or whatever it is. like. Fear is always going to be there. And I think the biggest thing is everyone is so afraid to fail in whatever it is that they choose to do. They're so afraid to fail. But what is failing? If tomorrow I opened up my business and I didn't do well, then what did I fail? Who am I failing to? And at the end of the day, whoa. <laughs> at the end of the day, you've, you've tried something that a lot of people are so afraid to try. So you've won. You've you're going to grow from it. You're going to learn from any experience you do, whether you fail, which I don't look at it as failing. It's just, I don't know. Well, how do you impart that into, you know, you're, you're a single mom. Mm -hmm. So how do you impart that lesson into your daughter? So she goes and tries to like live her dreams and do the things she wants to do. I think as a mom, my biggest learning and in, in all of this even with my parents is support like I have to support her in her passions and what she wants to do in life and with my support I feel like my daughter will learn and hope that and that she feels that she can achieve anything you know I think a lot of times that's the hardest is when you are doing it on your own without any support around you and people telling you that you can do it is why maybe sometimes we don't do it. What's the hardest thing about being a business owner, entrepreneur? You still work in your business, you yeah. haven't, and you have a vision of expanding it, but what's the hardest thing about doing all this and being a single mom? Time. Spreading myself thin, knowing when to put my phone down and be with my daughter, and knowing when I have to answer an email and have to tell her it's gonna, have to wait for two minutes and that is my biggest guilt you know is being being able to work at all times I think that's how do you actually do it what what are the like are there structures are there like things you or are you just like wing it I wing it I completely wing it I I'm always working I think in the beginning when you're building your brand and your business you have to be married to it you know and at the same time when I'm with my daughter, I mean, these are precious times in her life that she wants me around and she wants me to be there. And so I need to also be aware of that and be in the moment with her. I am super fortunate that I have an amazing business partner and, you know, she helps take a load of that stress off. And when I'm up to my head with like emails and, you know, cause I take on so much and I talk to her, she just takes on more of the load and then I'm able to really be there with my daughter you know when I need to how'd you create that how'd you find a business partner that would be on the same level on the same page and like because she doesn't have to no right? your business partner doesn't it could be like that's your problem yeah I wouldn't go into a business with somebody who was like that and that comes from again your intuition time really getting to know who somebody is seeing them at their worst helping them when they're at their worst and then them helping you when you're at yours and 
that comes from heart and intuition and just really getting to know people and not having surface relationships, you know, having deep conversations, fighting, maybe never talking to each other. And then growing up, you know, it, it just, she's incredible. And I've known her for, I don't know, since I was 22, 14 years, 15 years. You know, by then you, you kind of know someone. Well, but businesses break people up, right? I know. They break up marriages. They yep. break up families. What What's the toughest thing you guys have overcome? Like, what's been the biggest hurdle? I actually want to ask you this about two, about your daughter and in your business. So both of these two key relationships in your life, mm -hmm. what have been the two biggest things you've overcome into, to this point? For me and Jen, my business partner, who I call Sharky. So Sharky? Jen, yeah, we call each other Sharky. Do you want to share the story why you're each Sharky? I'll get back to it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll definitely get back to it. Um, but for Jen and I, I mean, I feel like I sound like a fairy tale story in a sense, you know? And I, I, we are so lucky to be so in sync. It is not normal. I talk to so many business people who have partners who say, I wish I never opened with a partner or I would do it differently with a partner or you need to have your roles delegated in a partnership. And we defeat all odds, you know, which is just unheard of and I feel silly when I say it but our biggest hurdle in all of this was when we got fired from our last salon because they found out we were opening and it was such a big hurdle not in the sense of that was a gonna make or break our relationship and our business plan but it really it just flipped that switch for us to where we had to really depend on each other and we had to figure out what's next and it was the hardest time in my life and she had a lot of guilt for it as well because we got fired because somebody she told told on us so she, that guilt was on her I was a single mom with no child support it's a lot to take in and if anything it was a day or two of like tears and what are we going to do and how are we going to figure it out and it was because of her support that we got through it and that she got through it and we just really leaned on each other and, and picked each other up and moved through it and it made us closer and stronger as a team in business together so that was our hardest time and for me and my daughter it's always a hard time you know <laughs> it's a constant uphill battle and it's incredible and it's the hardest thing I've ever done you know you're raising a human being who has emotions and you might wake up and you're in the best mood ever and they're just gonna tear your day apart so every day is a challenge you know with her and I love it well what's the let's look at it from a single there's I mean we live in a world where unfortunately like there's a ton of single parents mm -hmm. it's interesting I was telling someone today like most of my practice is single parents it's not on purpose I'm not like out there looking for Searching single for parents but what I actually love about it is they're so hungry to like grow their lives improve their lives and it's really cool because we can always tie it back to the lives they want to provide for their kids right. it's always like hey I want to be a better more powerful woman because I have daughters and I want them to see that. Or a dad, I, I recently had a, a single dad who was raising two little boys and he was like, I don't want my kids to grow up and see the way I grew up and I'm replicating it if I don't work on myself. Right. So as a single mom, like not your daughter specifically, like what's the toughest thing? As a single mom, it's so funny you say that. I, I'm, I think I'm the opposite of people. Like in the sense of being a single mom, the hardest thing for me is not that deep written. I, it was harder for me to be in a relationship with a child than it was to be single with my child. And that's so opposite to say. I mean, I could tell you the hardest thing for me as a single mom would be like, God, I wish somebody would help me take the trash out sometimes or unload the dishwasher. It's always on me and you never get a break when you're with your child and so that's hard you know but then I do get a break when she goes to her dad so for me it's opposite my hardest time being a parent you know and doing hair and whatnot was being in a bad relationship and feeling the guilt of 
not being happy in my relationship and what that would do to destroy the family, to separate and to have my daughter go through that and to have her father go through that. And I think that was the most difficult for me, living like that and living in unhappiness. But this part for me is not difficult compared to what I went through, you know? So it's backwards for me, maybe. Okay. Um, so can we, let's, let's jump into like the good, like the real, cause it's cool. It's actually really interesting to hear you say this. Cause so the stuff that regular, I want, regular is not even the right word, but the stuff that everyday people that most of us struggle with, it seems like you don't, it just doesn't slow you down. Right. Your issues with your business partner make you stronger, which is great. It's probably the way relationship should be like challenges actually strengthen us. Right. We don't go to the gym and lift like the lightest weights possible because that wouldn't strengthen the muscles. You actually like want the tense. Right. And so you actually embrace the the challenges with your business partner. It sounds like you embrace the challenges with your daughter. So the the hurdle that you've shared with me that I didn't know, that I had no idea about, and, and I'm sure there's a lot of people in your life that don't know, mm-hmm. and I don't want to say it. I actually want you to talk about it, but you, you shared with me that you overcame something in your 20s. Yeah. Right? That that I was like pretty shocked by and I actually was pretty inspired by. Um, so what was that thing that you dealt with and overcame? I mean, I know, to I'm put it all out there. I'm putting you like right to on the spot. To put it all out there, it's called crystal meth, you know, and um, crystal meth was a part of my life in, you know, my early 19, 20, 21, and it destroyed my life. And when you say like, it wasn't just like part of your life. Like people are like, oh, weed is part of my life. Like I do coke on, I don't mean me. No, yeah, <laughs> but like yeah, yeah. People are like, oh, I do coke on the weekends. It's part of my life. No, it but, was an everyday, Yeah. you know, I guess what people would say an addict would look like, you sure. know. Um, it was a part of my life and it was part of my everyday life. It was part of my first choice in life. It was part of me losing my relationship over, you know, meth and it was my first choice, you know, boyfriend or meth. I choose meth. You got to go, you know, um, meth or a house. I choose meth. I have no home, you know, or a job. Mm -hmm. And I went from having four jobs, teaching dance to children, which I loved was probably one of the best jobs I've ever had to working at restaurants where it was like family to nothing and staying in my car and I'm losing my car and trying to figure out where to stay from there. And I literally lost everything. And, you know, my dad basically came and found me and he asked my friends if I was on drugs and they lied to him. And then one of my friends called him and basically was like, yeah, your daughter is sick. And so my dad kind of saved my life. You know, he came and got me and basically forced me into rehab and you know this is where my struggle is with addiction and being called an addict and not being called an addict because I went to rehab and I got kicked out (laughs) yep got kicked out what did you Um, get kicked out of rehab for for visiting my boyfriend was he in rehab too he yeah we met at the rehab he was um sober from heroin for six months we fell in love and we went to the rabbi it was a Jewish rehab we went to the rabbi and he was like you're not allowed to have a relationship within the first year you are already six months sober so you need to move out and go to like sober living and then you guys can just do your thing so once I you know became sober I was myself again and that's who you see today I was full of life super happy really positive that's always been my core character and that didn't work well in rehab you know when the, when you really have these addicts who are really addicted to drugs and can't get out of it and have been there four five six seven times and struggle with this disease you know so someone like me who was there was kind of annoying and I snuck out one night to see my boyfriend and the girl next to me like next door to me told and I got kicked out you know but it was the best thing that ever happened to me because we moved in together and, you know, <laughs> me and my boyfriend. And, um, you know, I got to have that time with him. So. Well, and you shared with me, like, we, we kind of, I mean, you said you lost everything. But I really want to, I think it is impactful, like, what happened. 
yeah. you know, like all you lost this situation. You went from having what was what? An, did you live in a nice place? Did you have like, I mean, you went. I to lived living... in an apartment. Listen, I was young. Sure. You know, where do we all yeah. live when we're yeah, nineteen but... and twenty? I was young, but I was a hustler. I worked really hard for my IKEA table, and I worked really hard for my one couch and TV that was on the floor. You know, and living in LA is expensive, and when you know you're doing it on your own at 19 it's it's hard you're working your ass off you know you're going from job to job to job so um by losing everything I, I lost it all I mean I think it's all it's hard to really understand what that means you know to not have a home to go to and well, how long did you live in your car for Probably. I mean, off and on. I would meet friends. And so then I would kind of, you know, when you're like doing drugs and, and whatnot, you're hanging out with people that do drugs and they have houses. And so, you know, you're kind of like staying at different people's houses. And then I had a boyfriend who was a, my dealer. <laughs> Sounds so bad. But he was my dealer. And then we just started dating. And so I kind of stayed with him from time to time. And, you know, so it, it's an empty feeling. It's yeah. completely... I mean, if you told me this today, I like, if you told me this was my story today, I would look at you and be like, what are you talking about? You know, it seems like it was 55 years ago. Um, when you, but it was dark, you know, yeah. it's dark. Well, and you didn't share, like, I mean, you told me that your boyfriend, I don't know what boyfriend in this sequence, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but you, your boyfriend passed away yeah. during this. So, well, my boyfriend passed away after I got sober. So when okay. my dad came and put me in rehab and... I fell in love with a guy in rehab that was my boyfriend that died. Okay. And that's why I say it's the best thing that ever happened to me that I got kicked out because we moved in together and we had time together, mm -hmm. you know, and um, that was the turning point in my life. I mean, drugs, being homeless, which all sounds so crazy to anybody. And if you told me tomorrow my daughter was going to live this life there, there would be no way she'd be chained to the bed you know but <laughs> the turning point in my life that changed me forever was burying my boyfriend you know how old were you i was 21 how old was he he was 35 34 35. he was young but he was young, he was young too yeah, yeah. um yeah, but in that in that moment, I've never I've buried grandparents, I've buried best friends, I've buried family. You know, I I never felt that kind of pain in my life, and it changed me. You know, maybe even for the better. Sure. So, what's the biggest thing you learned from like that experience of that piece of your life that is what is it the darkest period of your life? Mm -hmm. What did you learn? The drugs or losing my boyfriend? All of it. Like the whole experience. I mean, because I have it that it's all one big experience. It the is losing one your big boyfriend experience. was kind of like the, the final. Yeah. It, it changed me today in the sense of being aware as a parent. And I honestly think it made me a better person. You know, living a dark life where it's secret and shady and you are lying and you are stealing and you are homeless impacted my life greatly today because I am nothing like that girl who I was at 21 you know um, I value myself on honesty and just being able to be the best version of myself and, and offer that to people because I wasn't that and that's to the core who I truly am and I lost that side of me and so to have that back and to have that background and to know what it's like to really not have anything changed me forever yeah. how does it impact your business like how does it actually make you a better business owner I don't know um I think for me a lot of it stems from I've always known my core to
be a generous person. I've always had a heart of gold. I will give anyone anything at any time for the most part. It changed me in the sense of toughening me up. Um, I'm a little more realistic versus, you know, just giving everything away. But I also think in time, you know, a lot has changed me. Being a parent has changed me. You know, the loss of my boyfriend has changed me. Um, there are so many different things that we go through that I can't tell you this specific thing is why I am who I am today in this aspect in business or whatnot. But I can say the way you see me with my daughter and the way you see me with my parents or with my friends or at work, I'm the same. There's no filter. I, I approach everything the same. And it's just to be your true self and your best self. Be a good person. Will you share this with your daughter? I don't mean this podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, but I actually mean like... <laughs> Maybe I will in the podcast. Yeah. I'll be like, here, babe, push play. <laughs> <Yeah>. Oops. <laughs> Oops. Um, well, that was easy. Yeah. Um, and yeah, have a margarita yeah. <laughs> while you're at it. We don't advocate children drinking. Right. Um, or, I'm saying or, at the age or, of 21 and yeah, over. <laughs> or learning about math at right. how old's your daughter? No, no, seven. <laughs> um... So, but, but realistically, uh, how do you, well, first of all, would you have, would you actually share this part of your life with your daughter? And I don't mean like today, but like in general, would you share it with her? I don't know. Yeah. I want to say yes. Of course. I want to share every single part of my life with my daughter. I don't know yet. I don't know the woman that she's going to become. I don't know what place she will be in, in life when I will feel that it's the right time. Cause I'm, I hope, I hope so. I hope that I can share every part of myself with my daughter, but time will tell. How did it impact, you know, you said you're, it's, it's pretty cool that you have a dad who first of all would come to help you because everybody doesn't have that. Right. And like, I think everybody would want that, right? Or right. a parent, it doesn't need to be a dad, but a parent that would actually like, I'm going to pull my kid out of whatever this thing they're into. And then that you actually like went along with it because you didn't have to. How, what's your relationship like now with your parents that's different because of that, because of that whole experience? It's funny. So my dad's not deep and he's not, the fact that my dad is the one that came and like put me in rehab is so, it, it, my dad is a guy's guy. He goes to work, pays the bills, bread so, and butter. So like, he's deep, but he just isn't willing to look there. He's not deep. Well, he's my, not I, deep. Well, I would my so my my what I would challenge you on is that he's as deep as anyone else's. Like as a man, we just don't know how to be. We haven't been. But trained that yet. is him being deep. So here's yeah. the funny thing. So when I was little, my dad and I are so much alike. Mm-hmm. I'm a spitting image of him, but I also I look just like my mom today. But I've when seen it, your dad. You guys don't look. Oh no! <laughs> if I shave my head, hundred percent my father. This is okay. why I have really long hair. Okay. Um. But even, so when I was little, my dad, he's always been the same guy that he is today. And if I would get in trouble or whatever it is, and my dad, you know, would look at me and like raise his hand, like by his face as if he was going to like hit me, which he never would. I would look right back at him and like raise my hand right back to him. And we, we just start laughing. And since I was a little, a little girl, I could look at my dad and he doesn't need to say it. He doesn't need to be like, babe, I'm proud of you or good job. I could look at him and I would know that that man is madly in love with me. He's crazy about me. So taking that into my adulthood, it's just, it's kind of incredible that my dad is the one that came and found me and put me in treatment because he's not the one that's going to sit and talk to me about it and He's never gotten deep vocally about it, but I know there's that unspoken, there's just that unspoken word between us that when I look at him, I know that he thinks it. And the fact that I own a salon today, that someone even gave me the keys to dirt (laughs) because it was dirt that they gave me Mm -hmm. keys to is pretty incredible, you know, and I know that he's proud. So has it changed our relationship? No, there's always been that love between us and that strength and the fact of or the knowledge let's just say not the fact the knowledge even since I was a little girl that my dad without his emotions being shown will always be there for me you know and he shows it in a different way so 
my mom on the other hand is like a basket case and like praises me and always you know gives me the complete opposite of what my father does but yeah how do you cultivate and I don't know that you're gonna know how to answer this this is not a I mean I'm I'm, I'm with you in this conversation like I didn't plan this out um, but how do you cultivate that kind of relationship with your daughter like, how do you actually co-create it? Because there's no there's no guidebook like, hey, this is like when your kid is in the darkest place ever, you're gonna actually have their back and they're gonna trust you. Like, that got created and you guys created that. Right. How do you actually do that with your daughter? That's a good question. I For me, for me, the biggest thing with my daughter is to be open and not afraid to talk about anything and let her know that there is no judgment, you know? and. I think that with my dad, I don't know. I was never, I, I just, I think it's letting your kids know that there's no fear to come to you. And when there's no fear to come to your parents, you trust them. And if you trust them, even in your darkest day, they're your parents. And it, But that doesn't work for everybody, you know? Yeah. It, it's a, no, and that's why I asked. It's ask, a shot in the dark. Yeah. Really. No, look, I'm a... I, I say to people that have kids all the time, like, there's no one gets out of childhood unscathed. Right. You can be the best parent ever, and your kids can be a mess. And you can be the worst parent ever, and your kids could be end up whatever perfect is. Right. And you can find yourself somewhere in between. I mean, I know I, uh, I've had, like, so many talks with my mom. My mom's a therapist, and we have these deep conversations about, like, the stories that run in my head. Mm-hmm. And I have, like, my biggest limiting belief is that I'm, like, always a disappointment. Mm -hmm. No matter what, I'm a disappointment. I can never do enough. I can never be enough. And there'll always be more. And when me and my mom talk about this, we, like, look at my childhood and we're like, where did this madness get created? Right. Because that was never, like, my parents never put that in, like, the conversation. You know, my grandparents never put that in. Like, people were proud of me. People supported me. People encouraged me. People, like, loved the shit out of me. Isn't that you crazy, know? though, when you think about it? Like... It's it's amazing. And it that's why amazing. I think, like, especially as somebody who has... Be, when you think about this stuff, it makes you, I think, even more. It's, like, harder almost to be a parent because you're like, man, it doesn't even matter what I do. Like, look, everybody, the goal is to be a good parent and right. do what you feel is right and love your kids and pay attention to them and give them, you know, the time and attention that they need and support them. But it's like it doesn't even matter sometimes. You can do all that and your kid is, is a human being and is going to have their what own it is. decision. Yeah. yeah. But I think it's interesting. Like, you have this really it's pretty cool that you had the experience you had not in a in a good way cool but like but the way it turned out right because that's all that ultimately matters right. like you're here you have this business you're now an entrepreneur you have this a relationship with your parents you have this amazing relationship with your daughter you clearly have a relationship with your ex because you said she goes and spend time so like yeah. whatever that means but like a lot of people don't have these things and I'm actually, I'm a, I'm a believer that you created all this. This isn't luck. This isn't random. This is like who you are as a human being. And I would actually tie it to like, you're crazy positive. Like the light shines from you. Where does that come from? I'm telling you, it, it's like, it comes from within. Those, those like, dogs, those, they're, they're going to kill those dogs. Them. Don't those, <laughs> there's a zoo of dogs and they don't like that. They don't, I don't think they, they like they, this question. They, like this question. <laughs> they do no. not want me to answer this. No. Next question. <laughs> yeah, right. like, where does, where it, does it come yeah. from? I, you know, I feel like I'm repeating and I feel like I sound cheesy, but it's, it's just, I went to a workshop for owners, for business owners on Monday. And it's these two girls that own a salon that really are so similar to me and my business partner. And everything they said, it was like, did somebody, did, did somebody interview me and like tell them to say that to me so that I can connect with them? It was so bizarre. Right now, deja vu. Deja vu, you know? And she said, it's the same thing I say. You can teach people how to cut hair and how to do color and how to do extensions, but you can't teach people how to be a good person. And I, str like, that is strongly how I feel. And, and if I can kind of relate that to myself without, I don't like to talk about myself in that aspect, you know? It's just, it's something that you feel within. It's something that I'm very passionate about. I have a passion for life, you know? Even with all the horrible things that I 
have gone through in life, that was my choice in so many ways. And, you know, I put myself in situations and in that moment, even in my darkest moment, I, I wasn't in a dark place. You know, it was dark. There was dark times. But I always, I always try to find the joy out of life. And I've always loved life. And I've always been more of a positive person than a negative, you know. And that's who I attract in my life as well. I mean, if you meet my friends and family, they're pretty, they're pretty much the same. So it's, so essentially the lesson, you know, in listening to you speak, the lessons are be a good person and be kind and come from your heart. But also, like, there's a, there's an overtone of you just look for the positive. You actually just look, like, we all have dark times. Yeah. Now, everybody's dark times are in relationship to their life, right? It's not about, like, comparing our dark times to each other. But we'll all have the turbulence and the storm. Like, right. no life has no turbulence and storm. But you get to choose who you want to be in that turbulence and storm. And 100%. For some, yeah. Sorry, I didn't know. No, no. Yeah. No, for some reason, it's it's just very... It's in, What's inspiring is that you've been that person throughout. Like, you've been that and you are that now. Do you know what I have a hard time with? And maybe it is because I'm like, I've been homeless and I lost my boyfriend. Or, you know, I've had other weird things in my life that were pretty traumatic. But... I think because of all that, I have zero tolerance for excuses. And that's where I like lack patience is when people try and tell me, well, this is happening and this is going on. And Do you have compassion or do you, I do or do you not? Because I think there's a difference, right? Like if you show up and, and let's say we were going to do this and somebody like passed away in your family, I could be like, I don't want to hear the excuses. No. There's right. There's no compassion there. 100%. And that's, there's certain things that are different than all I'm with you. Like life is full of excuses. Like life is excuses because right. life is constantly happening. There's always an excuse. There's always something going on. And so let me rephrase that. I have compassion. I have <laughs> there is a frog. There's a frog. Though this is the first frog to be on the Dream Mason podcast. It's kind of an honor. We had bird. We had a we had a bird and a but, frog. But the bird was actually quiet, quiet. and patient, and the frog <laughs> is um, the frog wants to be heard. Its throat chakra right. is. Um, he's is t- he's alive. telling me I'm not compassionate. I think <laughs> he got Maybe. offended. This is amazing. <laughs> Um, yeah, so it's not that I lack compassion. It's, I feel like because of what I've gone through, I really feel that I focus more on the positive because it's not fun to dwell. And nobody, nobody's uplifted from dwelling. And the woe is me. And so I like to make people feel good. And I I like to be around people that make me feel good. And so being around people who are complaining or constantly stuck in that down, down, what do you call it? Downward spiral, yes. circling the drain. Yeah, uh, to me, I, I can't be around it. And so that's not who I can be, yeah. you know, so. What I like about what you said is it's not about like faking it. You're not like, hey, I'm going to pretend to be happy and like so magically I can feel happy right like what, what what's great about that is actually science shows that that's a thing if you like hold a smile for 17 seconds your brain actually thinks you're happy really and it will start sending like I don't know if it's oxytocin or um, dopamine but mm-hmm. it will actually send the happy chemicals yeah so if you hold a smile if you if you woke up and you were super bummed and you just like faked a smile for 17 seconds the muscle gestures actually tell your brain you're happy so it will send happy chemicals now the same thing. I'm going to try that next time I wake up, which I actually never wake up in a bad mood, but I'm going to try that. Yeah. So if you, so it works the opposite way also. So if you are actually frowning, it's the same, it has the same essentially effect. Right. You're, you actually, um, when you're happy, right, it makes you smile because of chemicals. You're not faking it. You're actually just being who like you want to be in the world. Right. You're being a kind boss because that's what you think is the right thing to do. You're being a mom that's open and honest because that's what you think the right thing to do is. You overcome obstacles with your business partner because it's the thing that 
it's actually the way that you think it goes and it's the thing that's going to have you be stronger yeah I mean for me ultimately it's like do unto others as you would want unto yourself right and so with opening a business I'm a stylist at the end of the day I've been doing hair for 16 years I know what it's like being behind the chair I, I am still behind the chair like I don't work any less than any of my girls who are there and you know I remember what it's like not necessarily being my daughter's age but I you know what how you look at your parents and what it is that you want from your parents and so I try and take all of that and then make that a part of who I am and who I am as a boss and who I am as a mom and because ultimately it's how do I want to be treated and what work environment do I want to work in and if I have one bad seat in there that energy that 17 seconds of grumpiness affects all of us and it affects the clients and it affects me as a mom and it affects me in every aspect of my life you know so so what's next you have you're you're an entrepreneur you're a business owner you're a mom what's next what's the what's the big vision for me I would love to just grow our brand you know, expand our business, build an academy, do a product line, marry someone with 17 kids, you know, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, we'll see. I, you know, the sky's the limit, but there's always something nice and that's for sure. You know, this well, is not it. Okay. And I, I mean, the things you just said are big, right? Yeah. An academy, a product line. What's going to have you not stop here and accomplish all those things? Myself. Myself. It's just that, just that. Nice. What do you have for, you know, as somebody who's done this, like, and I, I ask this to a lot of people because there isn't a right way. It's not like your advice is the right advice, right? People, my, my goal in these podcasts is that there's going to be people that listen to this. I'm like, ah, there's nothing for me here. And there's other people that are going to pull one little thing. And there's some single mom out there who really wants to have a business that will connect with everything you're saying or some single dad or whoever. But if you were to give someone advice about like creating the life they want because that's what you're doing Mm -hmm. you know this podcast is all about people that have a dream and then go create it what would you give them it's funny so did you do you watch the oscars or do you ever watch any kind of award show i any kind of award i have but i don't so maybe you can relate but (laughs) (laughs) we'll we'll start from there but do you know when I don't know, best actor or best actress or best song of the year, whatever. They come up and to, you know, collect their award and they stand there. And what did they all say? I was just this little kid with nothing that had a dream. And here I am today and like living the best dream and anyone can do it. You just have to believe in yourself and you're sitting there and you're like, but how did you get there? Right? Mm-hmm. Like, you're like, but how did this happen for you? And I, I feel like in this question, like, that is that's where my mind goes like where you're like accepting this Oscar and it literally is if I can give anyone any feedback and and advice on on how to do it and how to get there it would be literally to believe in yourself because when nobody else believes in you it is so much harder to have that security of who you are and to really believe that you can achieve anything because it's hard none of this is easy but if you really want something the only thing stopping you from getting it is yourself and if you can overcome that I don't know how if you can't like I don't know the magic word to get you there but if you can overcome that then the world is yours it really is that's beautiful that's perfect you said it I mean I couldn't have said it better myself and I think where you got stopped in like the how is like I can't tell you how it's because there is no how right like there isn't actually we're all looking for that thing right like that how do I do it how is not the issue how like you can google anything right like you could write a manual on how to open up a salon how to be a single mom people won't read it or if they do they won't do it or they'll do it part way but like the how you didn't know how to build this life that you built. You didn't know how to, you don't know how to be a single mom. You're figuring it out as you go. But I think what I get from you is what's rooted in all of this is at the end of the day, you believe in yourself and you know that no matter what happens, you have that to fall back on, that you'll be okay and you can figure it out. Right. Even if I quote unquote fail and the salon closes tomorrow, 
I can always do it again. Nice. If I want to. Well, thanks for doing this. Um, thanks for thanks for sharing some stuff that you know when we talked, and I was like, "Can we talk about this? You know, can we talk about uh, you? You know, your experiences with meth and, and losing everything?" And you were just like, "Yeah, I mean, it's fine, sure." Um, it's pretty cool because there's you don't have to right like you don't have to do any of this you don't have to talk about it you don't have to share it you don't have to share your journey your story um but it's super real so thanks for being willing to be vulnerable and share it and be honest and i know like that's not even that's not even who you are you're like i'm not even a feelings person no but let me okay let me restate that i am a feelings person i am as deep as deep can get and like I ask questions and I yeah. dig deep into people. I do what you do, you know? So to be on the flip yeah. side of it, I'm very open and I'm always willing to share. Um, I'm not a detailed person and I think that is where I lack, maybe where people might say feeling, but it's not a feeling. I'm as, yeah. as deep as it comes, it's just different. Yeah. When it comes to explaining something and what that was like for me on myself, yeah. I can't portray it to people as easy as well, maybe that's just because it uh, doesn't actually show up what people think. Like, the way you describe the experience is not how I would think you would describe it. Right. Which is pretty surprising and astonishing in that, like, you describe it like it's just this thing. I <laughs> like just, I ate a Snickers. Well, it's just, you actually describe it like it's just part of the journey. And I think if if we get out of the human experience and get into a spiritual one, like a higher, like, level experience, it is just part of the journey. Because if you didn't have that, who knows that you'd be here or anything else. Like, we're all obsessed with doing things the right way or the wrong way. And there's no right or wrong way because there's no map. There's right. no end of the road. Like, you don't know that those shitty days weren't actually the, the catalyst for everything you have today and everything you can continue right. to build. But thanks for sharing it. Thanks for your yeah. willingness to share it. Thanks for it's doing fun. this. Um, thanks for co-creating it with me next to a little lake because we could have made an excuse and had circumstances and we just figured it out anyway. Right. And um, if people want to track you down, if people, you know, if somebody's inspired by you, if somebody wants to talk to you, if somebody just wants to like check out your salon or yeah. wants to give you money to open 20 salons. Great. Like, um, <laughs> Let me give you my checking account number first of all. <laughs> how, do people, how, do you, how do people find you? How do people find the salon? Um, well, my salon's in Playa Vista, in the heart of Playa Vista, where Whole Foods and Cinemark and Seoul Restaurant is. It's called Beauty Beach Lounge. We are, are on all social media. Our handle is at Beauty Beach Lounge. Um, they can find me um, by my name, which is kind of tricky because it's pronounced shy, but it's spelled Shay. So my hair Instagram is hair by shy, S-H-A-Y, my last name, M-E-R-C-H-A-V. Um, and they can visit our website, website at www.pdbeachlounge.com. Thanks. Thanks. You're welcome. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for checking out the Dream Mason podcast. Whether you're a longtime listener or just taking a peek, I am grateful to have you here. Please tag a friend who needs to hear this episode, subscribe to the podcast, and give us a review if you like what you heard. If you want more, you can follow me, Alex Terranova, on Instagram at inspirationalalex at thedreammason.com or email me at alex at thedreammason.com. Remember, you are a dream mason because your dreams don't build themselves. Mm -hmm.